Welcome to the Triage Method podcast with me, Gary McGowan, and my co-host, Mr. Patrick Farrell. Now, before we get started this week, I want you guys to do us a quick little job. I want you to, if you are not subscribed, click subscribe. If you haven't left a review, leave a review. And if you enjoy the podcast, share it on your social media. That stuff really helps us out. We've got a couple of people who do it all the time, and it would just be useful if, if the others that actually enjoy the podcast leave a review too. It's helpful. But other than that, how are you this week, Paddy? The other thing that's really helpful is if you're watching this on YouTube, which I know a few people do, like the video, because it actually does get yes. the, the YouTube algorithms and whatever else working in our favor. So that's, that's a, a thing you should do if you do enjoy these podcasts. Um, but other than that, yes, Gary, I am absolutely positively fantastic. It's been a good week, got lots done, lots more to do, but it's been good. Yourself? Very good, thank you. Well, glad that those pleasantries are out of the way. Uh, <laughs> today, we're going to talk about two somewhat unrelated topics and basically just chat shit for a while because these are either concepts i've been talking with my clients about recently because you like questions they've asked and whatever else or issues they've got going on in their life and or this is something that is commonly seen in the fitness industry and we get kind of related questions to it if that makes sense well it makes sense when we go through it so the first thing we're going to discuss is the desire to train okay and what i mean by that is like actually wanting to go train because this is something that it kind of gets lost in the discussion uh, in the fitness industry where people talk about you know what's the most optimal muscle building split is it a four day split a five day six day like what's the frequency i should go oh what about cardio on top of that like should i go on my off days from resistance training you know basically how they set up their program and they all talk about it from a physiological point of view but they never really layer on that mental aspect I suppose you could say psychological. It's not really psychological, but it obviously is. Um, that, that, that psychological side of things, and that's like the desire to train. Because I could give you a program, right? Gary, you come to me, you're like, I want to get jacked out of my mind, right? And I give you a six-day program. But you find that you train hard for two days, and then after that, you're kind of like, oh, you know, I really want to train. I'm like feeling a little bit beat up but my body's actually feeling all right it's not you know so beat up that i wouldn't want to train but you know i've depleted my desire to actually want to go to the gym and perform at a high level right so maybe that's two days for you and then on that third day you're like oh i just i'm, I'm done i don't really i don't really push myself and then maybe on that fourth day you're like yeah actually no i'm, I'm ready I'm, I'm back i'm fucking ready to go with this and then again, two days of that. And then the third day, you're kind of like, oh, it's not. So maybe for you, it's this kind of cyclical thing where every three days, you're kind of like, oh, I'm just, I'm burnt out after training hard for two days. You know, and obviously it's going to be different for everyone. And some people may be able to go fucking two years and be like, oh, I just love going to the gym every single day, you know? So there is that. And this is more pronounced in people who do, I'm going to say the same activity in training, if that makes sense. And what I mean by that is if you always go in and just do resistance training, 
right? So if that's all you do, there's no variability in the different days you're doing, like the different types of exercises you're doing, or not exercises, the different type of exercise you're doing. And what I mean by that is like, you know, maybe you have a program. For example, I'll give myself an example. So I will have like a lower body day, an upper body day, and then a cardio and stretching day, right? And that helps keep me motivated to want to go to the gym because I know every single day is different, right? And has a different focus, right? And I know two days hard training, resistance training for me, I'm kind of like, yeah, I could definitely push hard in resistance training on that third day and have the desire to want to go to the gym on that third day. But I know personally for me, by that fourth day, I'm kind of like, oh, like I just, my desire to really want to push the weights hard, you know, push for progress, it's kind of depleted a little bit, you know, and I, that can stick around for the rest of the week then linger on. However, if I put something else in there, such as a cardio day on the, the third day, I'm like, okay, this is different. It's not as, let's say, intense. Like I'm not doing high intensity cardio on those days. Like I, I usually finish my workouts with some sort of metabolic conditioning, which is of a higher intensity nature because obviously I'm doing a shorter time period. But then I do something like a 30, 40 minute, whatever, aerobic session on the cross trainer. I prefer the cross trainer than running because it's lower impact, whatever else. Anyway, um, and I do that on the Wednesday. And then by the end of that Wednesday, I'm still feeling good. I'm like, yeah, I actually can't wait to get to the gym for that fourth day because I'm like, now I'm, I'm going back in to do a lower body session and I, I feel good. Now we could argue that, you know, maybe I am giving myself some sort of accumulated fatigue from doing a cardio session the day before legs, but it doesn't seem to affect my progress in terms of my ability to slowly progress the weights up. Anyway, uh, now with this concept, we could get really into some neuroscience type stuff right and we could say that like you know i'm doing that cardio and maybe it's giving me some sort of dopaminergic hit you know or it's it's clearing some sort of neurotransmitters that have been accumulated from or even like lactate or something we we could get into some i could come up with some fucking bullshit biochemistry neurochemistry explanation however i just don't think that we actually have research to support whatever i come up with it would basically just be me waffling being like mechanistically we could make this up and say that this is the cause but either way it doesn't actually change the the practicality of what we're going to suggest or discuss so for you this may mean that you know during a week a training week you know that if you train more than we'll say five times during the week you're just not motivated to go. It could be for you, it could be three times per week. You know, it's like, oh, I train more than that doing resistance training. I just don't really have the desire to actually train. And this is this has come from a client of mine who was has a four-day split, right? But due to going away on holidays, they were like, oh, I'm just gonna put my four-day split closer together. You know, they were like, oh, I'm going away on Friday. And normally I have it a little bit more spread out. Like they'll say they'll do two days on, one day off, two days on, one day off, or well, two days off. Um, and normally they have it spread out like that. But then they were like, oh, I'm going away. I don't really have the time. So I'm going to do four days back to back to back. Right. And they were saying that they felt more fatigued and it was more of a mental thing. Like they actually felt their body was feeling good. Like they weren't really feeling sore. Like the weights were moving well, but they just mentally they weren't, you know, clicking into gear when they were getting to the gym. You know, they were like, oh, like, I'm just, 
not as motivated. For them, they, they found that day off in between the training sessions kind of left them like, you know, biting to, or raring to go to get back to the gym the next day. Like that day off actually enhanced their rate of progression not just from a fatigue management point of view, you know, they probably did have the recuperative abilities or the recovery abilities to actually go four days in a row. Like their body feels good, but they knew or they know now that if they do four days continuously, that they find that they kind of mentally, they're not, they're not clicking into gear. They're not putting their best foot forward. Even if the weights are still moving good, you know, even if they are actually able to progress in the gym like they're just not they're not mentally there you know and that that's fine like obviously sometimes you know you're gonna have the case of like oh i'm just i don't want to be in the gym or i don't really want to get this done and you know due to your goals you're gonna have to get it done like say for example you're a competitive bodybuilder you know and you're just like oh i don't want to do my 300 calories of cardio like well it's kind of irrelevant if your goal is to be shredded for the stage and you have x amount of time x amount of weeks it's like you're gonna have to get uncomfortable at certain stages you know but if you're like a gen pop person you're just looking to look better feel better and you know be stronger be healthier and whatever else in your day-to-day life and you factoring in the the mental aspect or the desire to train is something that i feel actually enhances your rate of progression over the long term so what you'll see people do is like they'll train hard for 12 weeks and they'll they'll go hard at it doing whatever five six days per week but then they're they just get burnt out and it's both on a weekly scale that they get burnt out and on a monthly or three monthly scale that they get burnt out and it's not really physical burnout like their their body isn't you know falling apart they're not racking up injuries they're not you know excessively sore or whatever they're just i just don't want to train i just don't want to go in and do another set of bench press it's just not mentally i'm not enthusiastic to do that you know so managing that side of fatigue the actual desire again i'm just going to say desire because it's the easiest word we have but like the desire to train the the want to go in and progress the want to go in and actually do those exercises that you know you need to do to progress towards your goal like that has to be managed in your overall training cycle and this is one of the benefits you'll find of having more variability in your training program right so if you have the same exercises which is a very like good approach like that's what i do like i actually like like mentally, I like having the same exercise. I like having a lower body day that I basically just repeat twice per week. Same with upper body. Like I like having that. So a lower exercise variability works for me. Like mentally, I'm like, I'm able to keep the groove with the movements. They feel good. And mentally, I'm able to stay with that. But one of the benefits for the vast majority of people is having higher variability in their in their program. Or sorry, one of the a good approach for most people is having higher variability in their program. What I mean by this is say, for example, you're like me and you're doing a lower upper split, right? So you're doing that four days per week. And we'll just say like, you're not even doing any extra cardio. You're not doing any extra like jujitsu or sports or whatever else. It's just your four days of training you do, you know, and you've worked out that that seems to be working well for your overall recovery abilities. Maybe you're only able to sleep seven hours per night and you have an overall stressful job. You're like, okay, cool four days and more than that you know i'm not really able to recover i start getting excessively sore i'm excessively fatigued throughout the day 
all those other variables that you would you would or all those symptoms that you would notice if you were quote unquote overtraining, right? And you, you don't get that on four days. But even on your four days, if you're doing what I do, for example, like the the repeated workouts, you might notice you're just like you do the lower body workout on the Monday, and by the time it comes to the Thursday, you're kind of like, I'm just not arsed doing the same weights, or even progressing the weights, not doing the same reps, the same sets, the same exercises. It's just not desirable for you. You just don't want to do it. Whereas if I have something in there that's different, you know, even if it's just a, a change in reps, change in sets, you know, it's like on the the first workout of the week, you're doing heavier weights. You know, you're doing something in the, we'll say that five to eight rep range. You know, you're just, you're working in that kind of rep range there, six to eight reps. You're doing something heavier and you're still working in this hypertrophy range. And then on the Thursday, you're like, okay, well, I'm going to do the same exercises, but I'm going to be working in the 10 to 12 rep range, right? For some people, that's the only change you need to make to keep them progressing like mentally in the gym, to keep them switched on in the gym and actually pushing forward and actually wanting to come and change or come and train right so that small change that's that could be all you need to do for some people it could mean having completely different workouts with different goals to the workout and what i mean by that is like for example same four day split you could have monday the lower body day it's more quad focused you know then the tuesday you're doing the upper body day and it's more we'll say horizontal push pull focused right and then on the thursday you could have a more posterior focused lower body day and then on the friday you could have a more vertical push pull focused day you know and for some people that's going to lead them to having more desire to actually come into the gym and want to train actually want to push themselves forward and actually you know get excited about coming to the gym because again it's not talked about a lot but and mainly it's not talked about because people that talk about training generally enjoy training you know but that's not actually the vast majority of people people kind of like tick it off their day they're like yeah i know i need to to get this done and i want to i want a, a certain goal and don't necessarily enjoy the process as much as you know the fitness professionals do otherwise it wouldn't be their profession you know and um, and they can obviously grow to enjoy the process more, especially when, see, this is also the thing when, like when you have the results you want, like it's easier to enjoy the process, which is also not talked about a lot because like if you're doing the process and you don't have the results you want, you can kind of sometimes feel like it's a futile effort and you're just, you know, going through the motions and not actually seeing the results that you want. But anyway, that's a whole other discussion. Um, so having more variability in your program may be exactly what's needed for you as an individual to actually progress forward with things, you know? So basically what I'm saying is there is a mental side to this whole setting up of a program that you must take into account. Now, it's extremely hard to take that into account when you're actually setting up the program, unless you're setting up the program for yourself and you already know these things. But if you're a coach or you're someone, you know, designing a program for someone, you know, you don't really know how they're going to mentally respond to that. And also, this is also the case with certain exercises. Like you might find someone goes, oh, squats. I just, you know, I can have them once per week in my, my program, but just, I just can't get enthusiastic about wanting to go to the gym and squat again, you know? And so there are certain exercises for certain people that, you know, it's just, they're just not motivated to do them. And as a result, their long-term adherence is not where it needs to be to actually get them 
the results they want, you know? But anyway, do you have anything to add to that, Gary? What are your thoughts on this whole desire to train? Yeah, I actually think this is probably like the most underrated and under-discussed aspect of training because it's very sexy at the moment to try and like quantify every training variable in that like we look at we look at training and we think solely in terms of like volume intensity frequency and like that is the way that people analyze programs but realistically like those those little nuances and the subtle changes that people make in training variables i would argue that they probably make a lot less difference than the psychological effects of enjoying your training program like they're so significant and I say this to clients all the time to the point where they probably just think I'm annoying because they'll ask me a question and I'm like, look, like, what do you actually prefer? Like, what do you want to do? Because I genuinely put it at the forefront of, of pretty much all of my programs. And obviously there's exceptions there. You know, if there, there's some, like you can't, just, if you're like, oh, I want to build massive quads, but all I want to do is deadlift. I don't want to do squats or I don't want to do leg press or leg extensions. It's like, well, we have to have some compromise, but within the constraints of like what you would consider to be reasonable, there are just so many options for effective training. As in, if you love push-ups and you're doing bench press solely because you think you need to do it to, to build your chest, like I would argue that like you'd be better off just doing push-ups. Like you can add weight, you can do them without weight, you can do them anywhere you want. If you love them, you're, you're going to be so excited to do them all the time that you're going to put so much effort in that you're going to get great results. Like that really is most of the battle because what you have to realize and this filters into the second part of this conversation to come is that the bottleneck in terms of progress for most people is being able to stay interested over the long run because most people don't you know that's the same when it comes to your career it's the same when it comes to your studies you need to be able to stay in the game and stay focused in the game like that's just so incredibly important and you see this like paralleled in, in sport, for example, early sports specializ specialization is something that would intuitively seem to be a great option. And what I mean by that is kids who start to specialize in a single sport early on, thinking that, you know, oh, more practice is better, you know, the old kind of 10,000 hour rule, which is like pretty much dismissed at this point. But like that's the, that's the ideology that a lot of people would have is that, right, we need to specialize early. We need to really focus on doing these, these single things and just getting better at them over time. However, what you, seem to, what you tend to see in those cohorts is that those kids, you know, as, as they develop and age, they tend to burn out. You know, they tend to burn out, whether that be, you know, psycho, psychological, quote unquote, injury, um, lack of motivation, um, actual, you know, physical injury. Um, all of these different things that are affecting that, that person's ability to engage in sport and progress going forward. So that's something that's not very intuitive. It's not something that would initially come to mind. And I think it's incredibly important when it comes to training, because if you, if you, if you have the quote unquote best program on paper over in your first year of training and someone else has like, ah, eh, it's kind of all right. Like what is the true difference in one, in one year? But not only that, what is the true difference over 10 years? Because ultimately you should be thinking, like if your goal, let's say, is to maximize muscle mass, and that tends to be the goal of people who are really worried about these types of things or maximizing strength, then you need to ask yourself, like what can I do over 10 years to get to that endpoint? Because that's ultimately what matters. And I appreciate that that is very, very difficult to, it's a very, very difficult perspective to adopt because 
if you had told me when I was 17, like I wouldn't have listened to you. Like I was doing German volume training, whether you told me it was good or not, you know, that was, that was just what we, what you did. But if you can, if you can start to consider like what you actually enjoy, what you're going to be motivated to do every day, then I think it can make a massive difference to your results. And there's other examples of where this would play out as well. And I think this is a good example because it's, it, it, it's like, let's talk about reading. Okay, you want to read, let's say we give you a 3,000 word article to read. If we, if we were to analyze that on the, the basis that we analyze training, we might say, right, it has 3,000 words. It has, I don't know, whatever, like 15,000 characters. It's got um, 50 lines. Uh, there's this many paragraphs. You know, we're breaking down like the, the things that we can see and the things that we can analyze. But if I, if I, if I give you an article from the Irish constitution, or I give you some document from the company's registration office, some real vague kind of bland to the point business or law document. Like maybe you love that, but most people listening to this podcast, you're probably not going to be one. You're not going to look forward to reading it Two, It's going to be a bit of a burden and three, you're going to be like, Oh God, I wouldn't want to do that again. But if they, then we give you an article, same 3000 words, same characteristics in terms of characters, paragraphs, lines, etc. All the objective things are the same. But when we, when we give you that article, we tell you, oh, this is actually um, a really interesting story about a guy who changed his diet and began making insane progress. And oh, there's a lovely happy ending where he found his daughter on a tree or, you know, <laughs> some, some story that has lots of interesting things involved in it. Like everyone understands that difference because some people love reading literature purely because it's well-written and the experience is, is something that transcends just the words themselves. And that sounds a little bit detached, but you can think of training in a similar manner, as in we could look at two totally different programs that have the same amount of volume, the same training frequency, the same intensity, but you might really enjoy one and hate the other. For example, a lot of people now would be proponents of more high frequency approaches. For example, something that has gained traction is the idea that, oh, just do like two or three sets a day and do that five days per week. But I know guys and girls who love having a leg day like they just love having that kind of you know the the psychological trauma of crushing themselves in the gym on, the, on their leg day and um, like that's a thing for them they look forward to it they love the feeling of the pump they love going doing their leg extensions after they've done their leg press or whatever and you can say oh that's such like bro stuff but if it is affecting your affect towards your training your motivation, your desire to get back in the gym, then it's super, super important for your results. You know, they did the study one time and maybe there's issues with the study because most of these things don't tend to replicate, but it's a good story nonetheless, where they took a group of uh, people who worked in accommodation. So, you know, cleaners in a hotel who clean rooms and they told, they told half of the, I think they told half of the cohort um, that basically they, they were actually doing lots of exercise, you know, that, oh, this is actually really good. Your job is actually giving you lots of exercise. Here's how it fares up against the guidelines. This is how it might help with weight loss. And then the other group just kind of carried on. And if you've ever worked a job like that, like I worked in accommodation for years in my teens, that was like what I did. It's like, you're just, it's just not a fun thing to do. Like you're just cleaning, you're like, you're doing lots of movement, but it's always like a, a physical task. No different to if you were in a concentration camp and you're dragging a sandbag up and down the yard over and over for 12 hours, do you think you're going to have positive, positive affect towards that? Are you going to enjoy it? No. 
but the same person might do that in the gym and think it's fantastic. And anyway, in this group of, of, of accommodation workers, what you saw was that those individuals were told that they had, um, that it was basically exercise and there was all these positive aspects to it. Not only did they like have a different perspective on things, but they also began to lose weight um, independent of any advice to, to change anything or, or change the behaviors. And that's really important because most people who are going to the gym to try and you know, lose weight or get healthier, they, they end up with this perspective on training that it's almost like, it's, it's just like punishment. You know, it's like you, you're, not, you're not thinking of it in terms of the training. Whereas if you go and you enjoy training and it's a really enjoyable experience, then you don't end up with that desire to like refeed after you've punished yourself. Like it's not like food has to be a reward anymore because training is rewarding because you enjoyed it. So there's all of these different intersecting things that come together to, to essentially determine how much effort you're going to put into your sessions. Um, not only now, but next week and the month after and the year after. And if you ignore them, I think you're missing a big, big part of training because as I said, your bottleneck is unlikely to be whether you train to your chest two or three times a week. It's whether you can continue to do that for 10 years. And, and yeah, it's, it's not particularly sexy, but I think there's a lot of important things in there that, that you should consider. Yeah. See like this, this, first of all, well, I've said it before and I'd say it half-hearted, like jokingly type thing, but like psychology is fake. Yeah. And they have this whole reproduction crisis where, what is it like? 20 Replication. Jesus reproduction um <laughs> replication crisis uh they probably have a reproduction crisis as well who the fuck knows um a replication crisis where they can't get the like there's what 60 or 40 or 60 percent can't be replicated 60 percent yeah like um, <coughs> it's like well like we use this to guide our like obviously there's good psychology you know like when it starts getting real mechanistic they have like an evolutionary biology approach they have a biology approach they unfortunately use neuroscience, which is fake. Um, but they, they have like scientific approaches to, to this and they're actually using like quantitative stuff that actually makes sense and it can be replicated, right? But a lot of it can't be replicated. And this is, this is one of the things as well, when you do all these studies, like you were saying with that study, it's like, this is so hard to actually replicate because was it just that group of individuals where they uh, where they looking to be more health conscious already um yeah you know, so, so many other variables that go into it but we're talking about a population that we actually know stuff about well at least the two of us know stuff about because we've worked in this industry for, i've worked in this industry for fucking like i don't know nearly fucking 12 years anyway um you know they're they're you see things commonly over and over again. And once you see these things commonly occurring all the time, you're like, okay, let's actually just dig a little bit deeper into this. And you realize that the, the psychology of all this stuff actually makes so much or makes so much of a difference to the actual results someone gets. And it's just like, I always think it's really weird because we always talk about the psychology as it relates to diet, right? Like it's like, Oh, well, like psychologically, you know, you might find your adherence is better having a little bit of chocolate or something that you enjoy in your day day-to-day -day diet you know and it's like that leads to better results but then when we talk about training it's like oh no you must squat like what like this can i do leg extensions no no, no they're bad for your knees can't never do them but i really enjoy them no yeah it's like okay well like you're you, like but then they'll say like oh yeah iifom is great it's like this is this is like cognitively dissonant you know i don't really like that term but i'm going to use it anyway and um, your 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 logic structure 
that you're applying to one aspect doesn't apply to another aspect, but you have no reason why. I'm like, okay, well, that doesn't really make sense, you know? Um, but yeah, I, I think it's something that's just not discussed enough in the fitness industry. Everyone talks about psychology in relation to nutrition and let's say body composition. Unfortunately, you see a lot of it in relation to body composition and they just basically make up psychology and they're like, oh yeah, this is why I don't want to diet. And it's like, okay, well, this is not supported by psychology or, you know, health and nutrition guidelines. And um, you just basically enjoy food, which is perfectly fine. I fucking love food as well. Love uh, food, man. It's good crack, like. Um, but yeah, so it, it's something that is not applied enough in the fitness industry in regard, regard to training. And it is something that actually does impact a huge amount because again like you're saying if, if you actually are enthusiastic actually uh, want to go train you're going to get such better results over the short term and the long term like just think about it if i say to you like go in and you have to do all the exercises you hate right like your desire your motivation to actually push yourself solo like you're just gonna be like oh cool like i have to do this exercise that i fucking just absolutely hate doing right? You're just going to be like, I'm just going to take it as handy as I possibly can. Whereas if I give you all the exercises you love doing, right? You're going to be like, all right, cool. Fuck yeah. I love doing this exercise. I'm going to push myself. What did I do last week? Yeah, actually I'm going to try to fucking beat that. I'm going to fucking really feel this exercise working. Whatever the fucking variables are, you're going to, you're going to really try to maximize them because you really enjoy doing this. And this is also something that you can take to the nth degree and really use to justify some pretty poor choices. You know, like, someone comes in they're like oh, i love squatting on a bosu ball while fucking juggling i'm like okay like okay i understand that you enjoy that but maybe that's something you can do in your own time because i don't think my insurance covers that in the gym <laughs> you know uh so like obviously there is a, a limit to this and i don't have a hard and fast rule of like this this is where the limit is you know but using your best judgment judgment you can understand that okay there are going to be exercises that you enjoy more. Maybe we have to give you a little bit of quote unquote medicine that will then allow you to do these other things. Like maybe you just don't really enjoy squats, but you know, it is actually something that's going to really benefit the, the goal that you have, you know, I don't know, maybe it's building bigger legs and the equipment you have available in your gym. There's no really other good, we'll say, output quad exercise you know there's yeah maybe there's a leg extension there's no leg press hack squat there's no other machines or whatever you know it's like okay well like this is the only option we really have to really help you towards your goal you know so well, maybe you could say split squats or something i don't know but you know what i mean there may be reasons why you have to do a certain exercise if you have a certain goal you know and so you do have to take into account the the psychological aspect of this whole training process and it's just not taken into account by most people and if you are an individual listening to this and you're kind of like okay well like yeah i understand that but how does this actually work in practice you know so you have to analyze your training program first of all you have to analyze the actual workouts you're doing right are there exercises in this that you're just doing because you think they're good exercises but you actually hate them right that's not to say you just whip them out and be like, all right, I don't like doing that. And you basically end up only ever training chest. You know, that's not what I'm saying. Right. Um, 
you just analyze your training program and go, okay, I don't really enjoy these exercises. Are there other exercises that I could do that I enjoy more that are going to get the same training effect and, you know, lead to the same end goal, perhaps lead to a better end goal. So the actual workouts themselves, you know, like if you really enjoy sweating, right, you really enjoy just getting a fucking good sweat on, you know, or is, is that desire, is that want whatever being met with your current program if it's not then you know maybe you're not as motivated to train you know maybe you really enjoy getting a fucking sickening pump you know and you know maybe you're just doing a block of lower volume training and it's like well like is this do you actually have the goal that this lower block of lower volume training is actually aimed towards like are you are you trying to be uh, maximally strong is that what you're doing one to three reps or are you just doing this these low reps because you know you see on instagram people like oh powerlifting training leads to really good results in terms of you know overall muscle mass and whatever it's like are you just doing it because of that but now you're just not listening to your your true self um and doing doing what you actually enjoy which is like higher rep training you know what you were progressing on which you were getting good results on you know so you have to take that into account like what do you actually like what do you actually enjoy from training what's going to keep you in the gym for longer you know not actual like day-to-day longer but like lifetime longer you know because i also think this all the time like the workouts you're doing now do you feel confident that you'll be doing them when you're 90 you know i'm not saying that you know you have to be going like oh i squat fucking 360 kilos i'm going to be doing that when i'm 90 not saying that but like do you actually think that the approach that you're using now is first of all a, a viable approach for your lifetime you know there's obviously going to be days weeks months or whatever that you're doing a certain type of training for a certain goal like for example like like i enjoy boxing and i occasionally do like boxing workouts we'll call them like i go up and have a knock with a few of the lads um but i don't see myself doing that when i'm 90 but i'm like okay cool like this this is something that i can enjoy now and then it'll be phased out as I get older and, you know, probably get fucking senile dementia. Um, but uh, something like jujitsu, say, for example, I'm like, I could easily see myself doing this when I'm, I'm 90, you know? Like, it's not that high intensity, even though people like kind of say it is, it's really not. You're also not getting punched in the face. Um, so once you're smart about it in any kind of way, it's like, okay, well, this actually, you, I, could, I could keep doing this for forever, you know? It's not like even like judo or something where you're being thrown, you know? So looking at your workouts, like how, how or your, your weekly schedule, even like how is this replicatable, replicable, whatever the fuck that word is, uh, into your old age? Like, is this something, is this structure something that you can do forever? Again, it's not necessarily always going to be the case. Like maybe you are in college and you're like, I can actually train twice per day because my structure is just fucking perfect and I have unreal recovery. I only have like fucking two hours of lectures a week, you know, uh, is, is that the case for you? Then it's like, okay, cool. Then maybe this approach isn't going to be the approach you have when you're even have a job. You're not, you're going to have this approach in 10 years time, but you're like, right now I'm going to maximize this, you know, that's fine. But looking at your overall program and how it's designed, is this something that you see yourself doing for the, the future? full stop right then the workout week itself right is it something that you have it set up where it's like you know at a certain point in the week you're just fucked you're just tired you just hate you just don't want to go into the gym again is there a certain structure that you know like you have that kind of you know the desire you have when you're like oh, i haven't been to the gym and i actually can't wait to get to the gym tomorrow you know maybe it's the weekend people will take you know saturday and sunday off and they're like 
actually just can't wait to get to the gym on Monday. Can't wait to do some movement. Can't wait to do whatever exercises, even if it's exercises you don't enjoy. Your weekly training structure is set up so that every time you are out of the gym, you still want to go to the gym, you know? Because this is something that people do. They'll, they'll go six days per week, and it's like they are never motivated to go to the gym. You know, it's kind of like, no, oh, I just have to stick it off. Like, I just don't want to do this, but I have a six-day program because it's the best program, you know? Um, or whatever it's the the most ideal program you know and they're, they're just ticking the, d- the days off and it's like oh fucking saturday like sunday i'm just taking it off i fucking i love days off like if you're loving your days off more than your days in the gym then you know is that is your training approach the the best or is it the most correctly set up approach for you like you should want to go to the gym you know and obviously that's a something that is to an extent trainable like i'm not going to say you're just going to have sat on the fucking sofa for the last 10 years of your life and be like you should want to train you know i'm not some evangelical fucking like ideologist where it's like oh you should you should really want this i'm like that's not going to be the case but if you are training you're kind of like you just don't really like training i just don't really want to that's not to say every session you should be oh i'm fucking so enthused to train you know that's never going to be the case like there's going to be days where you're a little bit tired you know you didn't have the best sleep the night before so your stress is a little bit higher whatever else but as a general rule like you should want to actually get to the gym and if your training structure is set up so that you actually want to have more days off then maybe it is something that you should look into you know and this is also confounded when or sorry uh, a different argument when you actually start doing different things throughout your week because it may not be the actual training itself right like you might go four days of resistance training any more than that i'm just not not enthused but if i do some cardio or something i actually feel like i want to go to the gym or maybe you do a sport and you're like you know i actually feel like i want to go do that sport so you can actually train you know, you can actually be doing training more times throughout the week because you actually want to go. You're enthusiastic about it. Your desire is there. You're actually like, oh, cool. I actually can see progress here. I'm really pushing forward with this and I'm doing all these other things and I still want to go to the gym, you know? So not just looking at it from the perspective of here's my resistance training. You know, maybe it's for you. You go play, I don't know, fucking whatever extreme. Is that what that sport's called? You know, fucking Frisbee. Um, you know, you can just play competitive Frisbee. You know, maybe that's for you. You're like, yeah, that actually makes me want to do more exercise. You know, I actually still enjoy going to the gym, whatever, three, four days per week. And I love going to my fucking Frisbee class or fucking group and doing that three, four times per week on top of it, you know, but you couldn't do six or seven days of resistance training. You're just kind of just not arsed. I'm not bored. And obviously there is this, this whole fatigue continuum, like maybe the, the fucking ultimate or extreme or I can't remember the fucking name of it is. Ultimate Frisbee ultimate frisbee whatever the fuck you know maybe that's for you it's just not that fatiguing whereas the resistance training is fatiguing so obviously that has to be taken into the argument and that's obviously something that we've discussed before right now we're just talking about the the mental aspects you know so maybe for you you're able to have a higher variability in the actual workouts you're doing throughout the week because you are mentally able to go to those and be like yeah i actually want to do these so basically what i'm saying in a fucking convoluted long-winded way is you should set up your training program in the day-to-day variables so that you actually enjoy that training session as a whole again might not be the entire training session there might be exercises you're like "Mm, don't really enjoy that but i need to do it you know like maybe you just don't enjoy training your rear delts but 
you know, you're like, okay, well, they're just underdeveloped, you know, so you have to do it, or your calves, maybe, but who doesn't like training calves? Um, and you look at your actual day session, but then also your weekly sessions and how that is structured. Are you structuring in a way that actually makes you want to come to the gym, actually makes you want to progress in the gym, you know? Yep. And the other part of this is that a lot of people, a lot of people just, again, and we've discussed it so many times, like, but a lot of people don't know what their goals actually are. And again, they've just inherited them from the physique oriented people that they happen to follow. Okay. Cause, cause that's what happens in the fitness industry because very often like where, where you're getting your information is on social media. The things that do best on social media are physique pictures. Like that's just the way it is. If people, if you, if someone has a better physique, they're generally going to have more followers, more reach, more of a voice. And, and, and yeah, people end up following them. So if that's where you're inheriting like your goals, then you're obviously going to end up doing more things that are similar to what that person is doing, despite the fact that it might not be what you actually enjoy or what you actually need. And like to give an example of this, like personally, like I don't, I don't have much of a desire to build muscle anymore. As in like, like it's not like, Oh, I'm, I'm too big. or I'm, I'm big enough, but you are it's like, <laughs> it's just one of those things where like, it's, it just doesn't excite me anymore. And I don't see there being like, I don't, I don't think that's the one area that I need to work on to improve my quality of life or my health or anything. Because I do think like some people like, like obviously we, we say it as well, but some people in the fitness industry who are big into weight training, they do kind of like create a bit of hyperbole in terms of like using the research on muscle mass and strength in their favor and saying like, Oh, like muscle mass and strength are so important for health and they are, but that doesn't mean you need to be a hundred kilos shredded. <laughs> you know, it doesn't also, mean you it's like, they just ignore all the other variables. This is yeah. something that like, we were actually just talking about it earlier before the podcast, but basically like all this health and nutrition stuff, it, to an extent, it isn't an a la carte menu. Like you still have to be doing all the things. It's a fixed menu. Like you still need to be doing your cardiovascular work, whatever the fuck that looks like for you, you know, but you'll see like bodybuilders, and they're like, oh, yeah, I'm 100 kilos fucking shredded. But they have a resting heart rate of like 80. It's like, okay, cool. Like, yeah, you've maximized your, health, your muscle and strength. And that's a, a health metric. But there's key health metrics that you just completely ignored in the pursuit of that goal. And you have no, no, you have no cardiovascular work, for example. Or you, you can't literally touch your toes. You know, it's like there's these other things that you've just completely ignored because, like you're saying, it's like they're just – this is, this is the one goal. They use that research to be like, yeah, it's helpful. Right. Yeah, and it is. And that's the thing. Like, you can, you can make that case. And I, I think everyone, literally everyone, should be doing resistance training to some degree. But that doesn't mean that it has to be like six days a week, like trying to work on particular body parts. Like, the research does not support that as being necessary for health, not at all. Um, so, yeah, you can obviously spin that research and some people do. But the point being that if you like, from my perspective, I'm like, if I'm concerned with my health and my quality of life, um, obviously I'm still concerned with my physique to some degree, but I mean, I think most people that, that get into the gym, like not to say like that I, I'm, I'm the perfect example or, or anyone else, but if you think of like, right, would you like to be like 80 kilos, roughly lean? Like, is that a decent starting point? Is that a decent kind of endpoint for most people in terms of like having a a healthy looking body I'd say like yeah that, well like obviously not like for men you know <laughs> around my height but 
if you're going to... Yeah, for manlets, maybe. <laughs> for manlets. <laughs> yeah, maybe not appropriate for 50 kilo female or... That makes no sense. Five foot female, but also maybe not appropriate for six foot five male. Uh, but anyway, that's irrelevant. But point being, like the the standard that people actually want to get to in terms of their physique, like it, you, you need you need to train in line with that. As in, if you just want to have like that kind of like quote unquote beach body, you want to be yeah, you want to have some muscle, you want to be lean, but you also want to be fit and you want to be strong and you want to be you know capable of doing lots of different things. You don't need to train like a bodybuilder forever. You know, especially if you're at that point where, because I've definitely seen lots of, I actually got an email earlier this week from a, a young lady who has been training very much like someone who's, a, you know, really driving for, for strength and muscle mass. And that's essentially been where she's been getting all of her exposures is like from those types of people. And she was basically saying to me, like, look, I've made great progress. I've gotten, you know, I've gotten stronger and I've, I've, you know, built muscle, but I don't really want to build any more muscle. Like I'm happy with where my physique is. Like, and she was, she was asking it in such a way that she almost felt bad for not having a physique goal. Like she was like, I don't feel like I'm being driven by my goals. Like I enjoy training, but she was basically like following a program that would be for someone who was really trying to build muscle, despite the fact that it wasn't really her goal. And she didn't necessarily want to do that. So I do think people, some people end up like on that path as a result of what other people are doing. And that's something we've discussed extensively um, on the podcast about goals, I think two or three podcasts ago. So you do really have to come, come back and ask yourself, you know, well, what, what do I actually want? Because if you just want to generally improve your fitness, you want to lose a bit of weight, you want to be healthier, then sampling multiple different activities is probably the best thing you could do. You know, like if you take like both of us, both of us do resistance training. We both do quite a bit of, of conditioning training, cardio, whatever you want to call it. But we also do, you know, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu where there's, you know, sort of some martial arts, self-defense, whatever you want to call it, element to it, um, some competition to it. But you've also got your cardio where, you know, it's, it's very different to resistance training. You've got resistance training where you're kind of moving forward on that as well. But I'm not, I'm not, I'm not waking up on, Monday, on, on Sunday morning, like, upset if I don't, add 2.5 kilos to my bench press this week because you've got other things going on and you recognize like where your priorities lie and you recognize that like progress can happen in multiple domains. And once you're enjoying that process, you're doing most of the things that you need to do to ensure good health in the long term, but also like improve your quality of life. And I think that people do forget that if you're spending, let's say 10 hours a week doing something, you'd hope that you enjoy it. You'd hope that there's a return on investment there because that's a lot of your time. You know, that's time that you could be getting paid to do something else or it's time that you could be, you know, studying or reading or spending with your family, whatever. Um, so, yeah, again, everything we discussed about adherence, about enjoyment, recognize that you do still have to come back and ask yourself like what your goals actually are. If you are a competitive bodybuilder, enjoyment is, a, is lower uh, uh, in your priority list, like over time, especially like if you're an advanced bodybuilder. You're probably going to have to do more training that is less enjoyable than it otherwise would be if you weren't trying to maximize the last 1% of your muscle mass. But on the, on the other end of the spectrum, if you're trying to be generally healthy, there's no need for you to be following a rigid six-day resistance training program, that, especially if you don't enjoy it, and, and particularly when it comes down to specific exercise selection. If you hate barbell rows and you love this other type of row, like, there's virtually no, there's no biomechanical, anatomical, physiological justification that should override your preferences in that case. At least I don't think so. And that's coming from someone 
who is very biased towards thinking about the mechanics of exercise, thinking about its effect on your physiology. So when we're talking about this stuff, you should definitely take into account that, that you know, there must be something to this, this, these psychological considerations, even if they do seem a bit more soft on the surface. You're dead right, Gary. Um, obviously. Oh, obviously. Um, yeah, so like I actually think what you're saying there about people's goals is actually really important because like you're saying, people do essentially just pick up goals that aren't actually their goals. And to an extent, that's fine because obviously like we are like a, a global community, if that makes sense. Um, and you're going to get goals from certain populations within the, that community. But like you're saying, there's certain populations within that community because of social media or whatever that get more traction because of the nature of those social media. Like it's actually really weird seeing the transition from something like Facebook to Instagram, you know, whereas like, well, like when I grew up, when you grew up as well, you know, Facebook was more of a thing, you know, well, back in the Bebo days, but anyway, um, Facebook was more of a thing, which favors, or at least it did previously favored more discussion type posts. Like people would actually write posts, you know, and that was the main thing. Like they might attach a photo to it to maybe grab your attention or whatever. But the main thing was the actual post itself, you know, and it was a, it's a, it was a forum that allowed discussion. It allowed, you know, I can tag other people in this and I can send links, relevant links. I can do all that kind of stuff that you could actually have a conversation on it, you know, but then that's transitioned to like, and that's not to say that the, the industry was any better then. I'm just saying, um, and then transition to like Instagram where it's like, no, this really, really favors just a picture. Like most people don't even read the caption, you know, they just scroll through. I had tap, tap, you know, scroll, tap, tap, you know, they're literally not reading the caption. They never click that. Like, see more they don't even do that you know um, and you even see it like people will spend time that's why i never understand people will spend time writing a huge caption on instagram for maybe 10 percent of their audience to actually see it because people will comment on that and be like oh gary look and shred it and your post was about the not caring too much about your physique or whatever you know what i mean like it's like yeah you clearly just didn't read this you know um, so like you'll, you'll see that quite often and you see it on like big accounts as well. Like the, they just essentially have stopped doing posts as in like, it'll be like, Oh yeah, Sunday at the beach. That's what they're right now. Rather than what they used to do, which was like, these are the bicep exercises I do. And the reasons why, you know, they're just like, Oh, it just doesn't get as much traction, you know, same with videos, even on Instagram, like they just don't get as much traction as photos. You know, even though it could be a fucking unbelievably well thought out video explaining whatever fucking concept you want to talk about, fucking biomechanics or whatever, the guy could have his fucking top off, be shredded to the gills as well, but it doesn't matter because the photo is going to be better, you know? <laughs> and so like seeing that transition in the industry from that, like, you know, more written content to more just photos you can actually see why people essentially have really gravitated towards being physique orientated right and and that's both good and bad because at the end of the day like if you're in the gym and you're training like you're probably going to have better health outcomes like than someone who's just sitting around doing nothing you know so there is that now obviously there's exceptions to that like if you're like oh yeah i'm going training or whatever and you're literally on fucking grams of trend per week then you know maybe it's 
it's maybe not the healthiest thing to be doing. But irrelevant to that, um, you, you have to actually look at where, where are your goals coming from? And then you actually have to look at, like, is your program actually effectively serving that, you know? And like I was saying earlier, like, is this something that you see yourself doing long long into the future and like obviously there's periods of time where you're going to have to focus on certain things that maybe you don't enjoy like maybe you are a powerlifter and that's just fucking absolutely wakes you up in the morning you're like i just cannot wait to fucking squat i cannot wait to deadlift i can't wait to bench you know you just fucking love that process maybe you're a powerlifter who needs to you know gain a little bit of mass wants to improve their body composition or whatever and you're like i'm actually going to do a more bodybuilding style workout for a while you know just to really focus in on that because you know i've been trying to do say higher rep bench press or deadlift or squat or whatever be real sports specific but it just hasn't translated into the physique changes that i want to see so you're like i'm just going to do it i'm going to do 12 week block of just hypertrophy training and just get the adaptations that i want that i don't really, don't really enjoy it but it's going to lead to the outcomes that I, that I want in the end. So, you know, there may be times, periods of time where you, you have to get, get rid of that momentary satisfaction or desire to get your long-term results where you actually want them to be, you know? So that obviously has to be factored in. You can't just be like, oh, I'm just going to use desire 100% to dictate my training goals. Because like, yes, that is to some extent what we're saying, but it's also kind of a misrepresentation because there's going to be periods of time. There's going to be exercises. There's going to be training sessions that you just don't want, to, you know, but to achieve the goals that you want to achieve, you're going to need to do them, you know? And it's the same with like your training week. Like I'm saying, set it up in a way that allows you to actually want to train. But if you're, I don't know, an MMA athlete and you have multiple skills that need to be trained, multiple fucking energy systems that need to be trained, multiple exercises that you need to be getting stronger at it's like there's going to be training sessions where you just feel like fucking shit but it needs to be done because you have a fight in eight weeks you know and so like there are going to be times where desire is going to be a pretty bad thing to follow but again like we're saying if you're just gen pop and you're like i just want to generally look good with my top off and or even in clothes i don't know whatever fuck and you just want to look good in whatever your definition of good is and you want to be healthy, you want to live till fucking you're 150, because, you know, who doesn't? Um, and you also, you know, want to be able to do whatever it is throughout your day that you need to be able to do. Like, you want to be able to run for the bus. You want to be able to fucking kick the football around with your kid. You know, whatever the fuck it is, you know? So your, your training program has to reflect that, you know? And that's, again, like we talked about all the, the goal stuff in a few podcasts ago, I can't even remember what we chatted shit about because we chat so much shit um, but it is this is also if you go way back the episode uh, we did with Mark or what I did with Mark and Mark was saying like, you know he in his experience and like it'd be something that we've seen as well like you know the difference between someone who says say they train some skills as well as doing like their their resistance training like maybe doing some handstands or some fucking lever work or whatever the fuck like the actual difference in your physique so minuscule you know yeah. like you're just not even going to notice it and like again like you can compare it to two people someone who does these like say skill work or specific work on whatever fuck they enjoy doing and someone who does just purely resistance training and you compare the two after 10 years it's like you're going to notice okay well this guy has you know maybe a little bit 
bigger, I don't know, fucking rear delts or something. Whereas this guy, oh, actually, he's been doing fucking, I don't know, muscle-ups, and he's really good at them. And, oh, it's serratus or something are more developed. Like, But the actual difference is so minuscule that, like, if they were twins, you just wouldn't be able to see a noticeable difference in, in terms of, like, you'd be like, oh, well, this this is the exact thing that was developed, you know? And you might be like, okay, cool, well, you know, there's the normal variation in muscle size between two individuals that are training, you know? Yeah, I was actually only talking to Mark about that this week because I think he was asked a question, something in relation to, like, a, should everyone be doing, like, a really slow control, like, training with machines and cables? Like, what are your thoughts? And Mark was like, um, you know, if, 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 you're a, if you're a bodybuilder and hypertrophy is your main focus, like, that's, like, that's probably a sound way to train. But for most people, if you just do, like, squat, deadlifts chins and i don't know he was just giving some examples of the common exercises just do those um and just be active probably not going to notice such a difference and i was like yeah i literally totally agree and that's coming from someone like who like i love machines like i love everything about them i think they're fantastic but that like i genuinely like do not think that most people need to be worrying about what if about doing a a perfect new a perfect pull down machine if they love chin-ups like I'd actually rather if you love chin-ups that you did chin-ups because you can do them anywhere and <laughs> like you're never going to be disrupted. Like, so, so, so go ahead and enjoy it. And I just think that's, that's just so incredibly important for people to realize is that like that how much of a difference it's probably going to make in the long run. And like one of the things you often see, which is interesting, and obviously this is just an observation, but I would follow quite a lot of these people is when you follow people who are who do bodybuilding and they specialize solely in bodybuilding um, and solely in that type of training you'll often see and this doesn't happen with everyone but you'll often see them like every few months they'll be like finally got the fire back for training um have been haven't been enjoying it at all the last while feels good to be back and there's all these things like feels good to be back feels good to be back every few months and i've never really had that feeling where like, like I remember it more when I was like, just like resistance training was all, all I was interested in, but I, I can't remember the last time I felt like, just like, I just stopped training and was like, oh no, I don't want to train anymore because there's always something I'd like to do. And I'll just adjust my program if I, if I would rather do that thing, because again, it's just not really that important. Like you ultimately need to find a way that you're going to be excited to go to the gym, that you're going to enjoy it. Because one of the things that you see in research a lot of the time, which I think is fairly fascinating is you'll have people who are quote unquote well-trained, you know, they've trained for maybe two or three years or something. Um, again, it's hard to get people for studies. So like you can't expect, like some people give out about research. They're like, Oh, these guys weren't benching over 140 kilos. It's like, all right, you try and run a study with, with people who only bench over 140 kilos. But anyway, not important. What you see over the course of, let's say a 12 week program is like, these people are adding like five, 10, 15% to their lifts and to their, their muscle size. And it's like, all right, maybe there's some measurement issues, blah, blah, blah. But you're still like, Jesus, these people got unbelievable results. Like, how did you get such good results? And when you read research studies and you see all those outcomes, it's like, this is totally different to what we see in the real world. And there's potentially like multiple factors going into that. But one of them is most likely the fact that every session they go in, they have to be there. There's a specific time. There's a train, there's a a researcher that's going to make them go to failure because often you go to failure just to standardize because um, it's the easiest way of standardizing things. So it's making, you're making them work really hard every session. And the way I look at it, the one, one of the easiest ways to try and replicate that in the real world 
is to make sure you enjoy your training. Because if you don't enjoy your training and you're not like, yes, you know, I've got, I've got chest today, bro. If you're not going into your sessions like that, at least some of the time, and you're not, you're not feeling hyped up, then you're never going to be getting great results. You're kind of going to end up being that person who is, you know, every few weeks you're like, oh, back on it again. And then you have one good week. And then the next week you're like, uh, kind of boring, you know, and, and in, in bodybuilding, people who train solely for bodybuilding and powerlifting, it's one of few sports where it almost is just always repetitively the same thing. Like it's, it's, it's funny because when hypertrophy is such a, a non-specific outcome, it's interesting to watch people to do, do such specific things all the time. Whereas in other sports, even, even professional athletes, they'll be doing some sprint training. They'll be doing some more agility work one day. They might do like, right, all the lads go for a, a long run on a Sunday, or maybe they'll do strength and conditioning a couple of times a week. So even at the elite level, you've got people who are doing multiple different activities. Yet when it comes to people who are, you know, just kind of casually trying to build muscle, sometimes they're only doing the one thing and they're very rigid about it. And I think you, if you are that person, you do have to ask yourself like, why am I specializing more in my training than people who are actually, you know, athletes? And obviously, you know, there's different components of fitness and stuff, but at the same time, you have a lot more wiggle room, as you're saying, in, in relation to Mark, you have a lot more wiggle room than you think you do. And if you're trying to build your quads, like a prowler push might be great. You know, it might be as convenient to analyze from a, an exercise mechanics perspective. But at the end of the day, if you're doing a prowler push, you're doing a bit of cycling, you know, you do the occasional squat here and there. Like you're probably going to have relatively, you know, decent, decent quads. Like it's not, they're not going to be bodybuilder level, but again, it comes back to your goals. What do you actually want? And this isn't just to say that you should totally dilute your training and just say, I'll do what I want whenever I want. Like, again, not what we're saying. It's also not to say that having a program that's well-structured is not useful. It absolutely is. We're just saying that there's wiggle room there. If there's things that you very much enjoy over others, should probably bias your training towards them but if you do need to come back and do some things that you don't enjoy so that you you can keep on your on track with your goals that's also really important so training shouldn't always be fun in games but there should be an element of fun involved for sure yeah and this, this comes down to as well like talking about mark there like he'll do periods of time where it's like okay actually we need to do some slower tempo work and really focus on in on a specific muscle group like say even like the, the rotator cuff or something it's yeah. like you just need to do like the first of all the, the mechanics of the, the muscle itself is going to lend itself to get better results like you're not going to be thrown around fucking huge weights which are fucking infraspinatus or something like you know so maybe slower uh tempo work for that particular muscle or fucking your adductors or whatever fuck makes sense makes sense in a rehab uh sense you know makes sense if your sole goal is you know muscle building but I, like having blocks of time where you're doing that even if it's just for a few exercises makes sense and this is also something just on the next point uh, this is also something you see as well like you were saying like having that community aspect to think this is something i think crossfit does really well you look then they're fucking jack now the pretty much all of them are on drugs even though they say they're not but um the the community aspect where people are going like, I'm going to the gym with my friends. I'm enjoying it. You know, I actually want to go to the gym because there's a little bit of healthy competition there. I, I actually, am, you know, chatting with my friends you, know, you see like women go to like classes traditionally. And again, like really good gets them going to the gym, gets them progressing. They have the chat, they have fucking, I don't know, coffee before the gym. 
whatever the fuck it is, you know, but they're actually going, they're enjoying that community aspect. And this is something that I see like forgotten about when discussing training as a whole. And it's something that you can actually just emulate in your actual training yourself. Like you can get a training partner. You can just be like, right, like the two of us are going to go to the gym and we're going to push each other. You know, and that's not to say like you need to be going to fucking balls to the wall every single session, but having that training partner there that has similar goals to you and you're kind of like pushing each other on, going, oh, go on, get the next rep, go on, push yourself. You know, let's dial in the program so that it is more enjoyable for both of us. Uh, you, you do tend to see people get better results, you know? And again, like this is something that, uh, teenage guys kind of get do really well like they'll go to the gym in like a group of three or four you know together and they'll all be doing fucking chess together you know um, and, and like they really push themselves and as a result they enjoy going to the gym they they have a desire to be like oh you know say I'm a little bit tired but you know fucking Jim is you know his, his bench press is rocketing up and you know I need to keep up you know so I can't be affording to, to miss a session you know that little bit of healthy competition really helps push you forward you know and again, it's something that, that CrossFit does really well or group personal training does really well where you're like, you have a, a community of like-minded people that are all pushing towards the same goal. And obviously you can build that online, like, you know, in our group coaching, we do have that. Um, but it is something that you can build online as well. But I, I don't know if it fully replaces that in the session, you know, oh, these people are doing the same workouts. These people are pushing themselves. They're, they're sweating beside you. You know, you, you're really pushing yourself forward with that. So that's all the desire to train because you have other people training with you. You know, that's, that's something that's just not discussed in the fitness industry, you know, like really ever, you know. And it is, well, CrossFit do discuss it to an extent. Like they do it, they they sell themselves as being a community. So like they obviously do discuss it. Um, but people talking about like all these variables around hypertrophy, it's like, yeah, but if you go with a training partner, you're probably going to get better results. You know, and like you were saying with like an actual personal trainer there or like an actual in a study, you know, they're being pushed and they're, they have to be there. They have to show up on time. They have to do all that. Something you can emulate yourself by just having a training partner with a similar goal. Even if you are miles stronger than them, like maybe you're fucking a hundred kilo male and the only person that can train with you is your, your 50 kilo girlfriend. Like that's fine. Like that you can still push each other. You can still build that like community aspect and actually get better results because you know, you have a set time you're going at, you're going to both keep each other on track with going. Like I, one of my mates who I go to jits with, uh, like he's so bad for going to jits on his own. Like I have to text him every single day that I'm going and be like, all right, do you want to lift? And like, I give him a lift up. But if I don't, like he just doesn't show up, you know, but he's like, he's actually quite good, but he just doesn't have the, we'll say intrinsic desire to be like, Oh, I have to cycle up to the club. Like he lives like well, 15, 20 minute cycle away. Like, and that, that just there is just the impediment to him actually getting results because he just won't go on his own. But if I, if I bring him, he goes, enjoys the session. We'll do like a fucking two or three hour session and it's all good. You know? And it's like, well, like, how did this, like, how have you not figured it out to just like, you know, set up something, uh, set up some sort of schedule, have a few lads that could potentially give you a lift or, you know, keep you on track with going to the gym so that you are going to the, to the club. Um, and as a result, you'll get good results. Like I don't go every single day. I know other uh, people that do go more days per week, like, and they live near him. Like he could just be texting them to actually the instructor lives really near him so he fucking there's no excuse for him to not go <laughs> but anyway um you know what i mean like there's 
if you know there's certain setups or certain ways you can set up your training, that's going to lead you to actually go to the gym and actually enjoy yourself in the gym and be there more consistently over a longer period of time. It behooves you to actually start implementing those things into your program so that you actually will get results over a longer period of time. But yeah, just chatting shit in there. Yep, I think that wraps up most of what we were going to talk about, to be honest. Like, we were going to talk about another topic in this podcast, but it's actually turned out being quite long. So yeah. I think this, I think there's a lot in here that, that you can and should take away because, like, we're not just talking about these topics because they might be interesting to someone. We talk about them because we live by these things. Like, these are the things that we apply ourselves, and they're the things that we encourage our clients to adopt and it's how we program for individuals. So like that, this is the start of discussion that it doesn't have to come across well in writing. Like for example, we've got our training templates and our group coaching, you know, sometimes it can just seem when you look at the guidelines, like, oh, this is what I need to do. Whereas like very often we try to leave our services somewhat open-ended so that you've got some room for, for flexibility and for preferences. For example, the, the templates, training templates that we have the four day ones will have been released by the time you're listening to this podcast but within there like we we, we suggest exercise variations and some people get real anxious about that because they're like but should i do a back squat or a front squat and like again it comes back to like yeah one like you do have to consider like what kind of suits you best what feels best but also like like what do you enjoy like we're not we're not that concerned that one or the other are going to lead to massively differing results mm -hmm. so we try to leave things where you have options to actually, you know, play around with it. Again, with the group coaching, it's a similar story. We, we have a Facebook support group so that if there's something you don't enjoy and you'd rather do something else, like we can discuss that and see like, like, will that, will that fill in? Will that fit in? And will that work with, with your goals? Um, and obviously that works very well in a one-to-one -one online context. But again, it's not just abstract information. This discussion has a very specific purpose and you should be including these thought processes anytime you put together a program if you're only looking at like the, how many how many sets you're doing how many reps the um, number of sets per muscle group you're missing a massive part of the training picture you know and remember come back to that thing that example i gave about reading if you were going to review a book like your first point would not be oh yeah it's this many words or this many pages it doesn't really tell you anything about what what experience you know that that what experience you had during that during that time and that comes to back to training programs as well some people love certain training programs like some people love crossfit and again it's probably more so because of the more subjective elements you know like community like uh, the feeling of sweating and the feeling of doing certain exercises than it is you know because there's a specific level of volume like you know so so you do have to consider those stuff, those things, sure. You're dead right, Gary. Um, but yeah, so as Gary mentioned there in some sort of vague sales pitchy way, I think he was doing it, we do have uh, templates available. Um, yeah, as Gary said, the four days should be up. So that means we have a three day and a four day. And then we obviously have our ebook for beginners. Like if you are thinking, contemplating, buying anything, I would recommend the template for or the the ebook for beginners yeah. over everything else because that actually goes in like if you understand that stuff like you essentially already have the templates in your head if that makes sense you know like the templates are like 
oh, well, I just want to have, what should I do for a four day program? Here's a few different variations. Like we try to have like 10 different variations of programs or whatever, roughly around that. So you're like, oh, okay, so given my goals, given what I like in the gym, like we're discussing in this, this podcast, you're like, this kind of structure would actually suit me better. You know, yeah. so maybe it is, you're like, oh, I've only ever seen four day programs that are up or lower, you know, and that's, that's it. That's all I've ever been exposed to. It's like, there's actually way more ways you can structure training in a four day context than just that, you know? So being exposed to that and being able to see like, okay, so, you know, I can actually do some sort of full body workout, you know, while still managing fatigue and um, while doing four days, I can do a kind of a push pull style training program that is again, like upper or sorry, more full body over those four days, you know? And so like there's multiple ways you can structure it. And again, it goes into this whole desire to train thing. Like if there's a, a training split that allows you to actually want to get into the gym and actually want to progress, you know, that's going to be way better than if it's just, Oh yeah. Like I've only ever been exposed to upper lower pro- pro- programs and I only have four days to train. So that's all I can do. I only know how to do upper lower. And it's like, okay, here's a few different variations. Here's a few different like, kind of templates for it. You obviously still have to take into account the individual session itself, pick exercises you enjoy that work well for your body and all that, and then progress it, actually do the program, you know? And um, so we have those templates available. There will be more over the next few weeks. And um, don't know if we'll do a six day. We probably will, but five day, I've actually already written it been sent off to young gary here for his you know ultimate approval um but so that should be out in the next next few weeks as well um but yeah so we will have a few more templates up on site uh, so if you are interested in that interested in seeing how potentially you could change a few variables around change the structure of your week around change the structure of your training sessions around that's a good way to kind of get an idea about that like i don't intend for it to be your next awesome, perfect, ultimate program. Like that's not what we're trying to sell. It's like, here's ideas like this. I'd rather you understood the concept. You understood the, the, the general ideas around this. And then we're able to tailor the program to you as an individual. This is also like we go into the, in, in those templates, like how to manipulate volume and stuff. So that like, it's actually appropriate for your level of recovery and stuff, you know? And so there's that, there is the group coaching. As we said last week, we launched female group coaching. We have Breed on board with us. Um, she's just not doing enough work, though, so we might fire her. Yeah, I'm, I'm already thinking that she needs to go, to be honest. Like, she's not enjoying it. Yeah. No. Um, she, also, she also doesn't have a girlfriend called Laura. That's, you know. Yeah, that's actually a big, like, no-no. Like, I don't know how we even got over that hurdle. Anyway, anyway, um, but yeah, so we do have the female group coaching. So if you are interested in that, uh, I do believe the link to group coaching is in the description. If it's not, I will put it there. Um, and we do have male group coaching as well. The male is a little bit more lit, but that's because we're in there and we're fucking running it. And it's not good. Um, no, it's just because we've been kind of running that one a bit longer. Um, and then obviously we do sell out spaces for one-to-one coaching online. Um, do we have any oh yeah actually I should mention that as well we did actually launch our ebook on Amazon as well so if you're interested in buying it for your Kindle you can get it on Amazon and that was yeah it was a lot of hassle to actually do it because the way they have their fucking 
whatever, what's that called? Formatting is just yeah. off. So I actually don't even know if it looks good on the Kindle because the, the feedback they give you on it is just fucking terrible. But it's there nonetheless. So you should be able to read it. If you do have a Kindle and you're like, oh, I don't like reading ebooks on my laptop or whatever, you can now read it on your Kindle. If you go to Amazon, search up triage method, we are there. Um, and Lord. I'm not sure if we have any other services, Gary, do we? Nah, I think that's everything we're selling at the moment. Well, we're not really selling it, but it does make sense for people to sign up for yeah. the newsletter because that's where they get yes. up to date with everything. So if you are like, oh, well, do they have a sale on? Do they have discount codes? Do they have fucking certain topics they're talking about this week or whatever? Like you can find it all in the newsletter, like literally recommended resources as well. Because that's actually something that we started getting a lot more searches on our our website for um well actually from google like if we're typing in triage method recommended resources because that's what gary writes and puts them into a certain article uh, on site all the time which i might put somewhere more searchable on site <laughs> um yeah. But yeah so that's where that all goes so people have been searching that up, getting some of the books we recommend getting some of the reading some of the research papers we recommend that kind of stuff, you know? Um, and obviously you can see all the articles that we post. They're obviously all on site as well. So if you are interested, go to our site, get involved. We have a free Facebook group. It just makes sense if you're looking for this to get involved in the free Facebook group because this is, that's where we hang out. Like I rarely go on Instagram. Like I might go on every second, third day. So you're not going to find me on Instagram, you know? Gary's on there a bit more often, but he doesn't really like answering questions on Instagram because Again, Instagram is a terrible format for actually having conversations. Um, so if you are interested, Facebook is where it's at. Because then we can actually link articles. We can actually link, you know, uh, papers. We can actually have a, a discussion where you can get information rather than just going like, yeah, cool. Thanks for that comment under my post, which I can't do anything with, <laughs> you know? Um, so yeah, get involved in the free Facebook group. It may be linked in the description below. If it's not, I probably will put it in. Might forget though. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think that's we have anything else. Gary, how's uh, college going? Honestly, this week we're going to skip the college discussion because otherwise I'm actually going to pee myself. I need to pee so bad. But college is going great. <laughs> college is going great. No further information. <laughs> that's all you needed to say. College is going fucking fantastic for me how's your college oh it's going great as well oh great unreal right other than that guys i have nothing else to say gary will say his usual it's too easy except he actually needs to be too easy yeah, so... yeah. it's trickling now my leg <laughs> <laughs> goodbye <laughs>